Okay, guys, the inaugural edition of the 2018 Herald Tribune podcast. I guess last year we called it On the Grid when it was on TV, but I guess we have faces more for podcasts than uh, than TV. I'm Doug Fernandes, the Herald Tribune columnist, joined by Scott Lockwood, our latest addition to the staff, and the erstwhile mm-hmm. veteran uh, Dennis Maffazzoli. Guys, welcome to the Herald Tribune podcast. We don't know how long we're going to go on here. But this is primarily to address the uh, the football season that starts uh, tomorrow night. Any early uh, observations on the season? We got Venice coming off the state championship, but uh, what do you guys look for starting tomorrow night? Well, I saw Venice last week. You just mentioned them, and uh, if they're if they're going to repeat, they got they got some cleaning up to do. Uh, it was seventeen penalties in that game and five turnovers, but uh, you know it's not just about them. I mean, we got a lot going on this season. Uh, has some Braden River, of course, they're going to be a power. I mean, Palmetto, that just whole 7A District 11 is going to be the most fun thing to watch. And with everybody else, you know, with me being new to the beat here, it's it's going to be a learning experience, but I'm looking forward to it. I saw Braden River last week, and uh, Brian Batie had a uh, Heisman Trophy winning performance mm-hmm. in the first half, 296 yards, five touchdowns, electrifying runs, um, just with the his offensive line opening holes and him just bursting into uh, in the daylight. It was uh, pretty nice to watch against a team, a Lehigh team that had two Division One guys on defense. You know, guys, we always talk every year uh, about Venice, Braden River, Palmetto, the usual suspects. But digging a little deeper, uh, who might come out this season and really surprise? We got five new head coaches. Might one of those teams really surprise? Uh, we're not looking at right now. Um. Trying to think of the five new head coaches. I know Lakewood yeah. Ranch, um, South Sarasota, Sar- Southeast, Sarasota, uh, out of door. Southeast, out of door. Um, I mean, they all could, in their own way, um, surprise. Um, just do a little bit better than last year. That would be a better surprise than than most. I think Southeast was right on the doorstep last year. So if you go by what they were doing last year, they'd probably be the closest one to being able to pull off a surprise and make the playoffs. But weren't they, weren't they one and seven last year? I mean, they're on the Brett Timmons, right? I mean, they're on the Brett Timmons. Do you now. really think they're going to do something this year, or they're going to have woes out there? Well, they they were kind of close to the end of the year, yeah. but they had um, you know, everybody else. Sarasota, you talked about mm-hmm. them. They're in seven a eleven. I mean, that's 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 a tall mountain to climb right there. So you know, Coach Hodges has his work cut out for him at Sarasota, but. Uh, the rest of them will be. It'll be fun to see how they develop as the season goes on. Yeah, you know, so, one thing about one thing about Sarasota is you know you, you you don't want a winning program, but you really get to change the culture of losing out there. They haven't had a winning program. They haven't had a playoff berth since 2006, I believe. And I talked to Spencer a couple of weeks ago, and he's got a, a mountain to overcome there. He's got very enthusiastic. But, guys, it comes down to what kind of players come on your campus. And the last couple of years, players have left the Sarasota campus and gone elsewhere. And, uh, you mentioned one of them at uh, Braden River the other night. Uh, they're running back, and uh, he's what he's left. And I think that uh, Braden River's quarterback was a former sailor. And they just uh, you know, they transfer out, and maybe if they can redevelop some of the culture, like you say, uh, some of these kids will come out and they'll want to stay instead of being a one-and-done or a two-and-done type thing and, and uh, may bring some more balance in that 7A-11 race. Going back to Southeast, I mean, they did – forfeit six games last year so mm. they were reversed six and one seven and one uh probably on the verge of making the playoffs but um paperwork paperwork has mm-hmm. confounded uh several schools uh <laughs> around this area over the years uh guys what do you think about these transfers you have Batie who started off at brain river goes to sarasota goes back to Braden River. We have the situation down with the Lemon Bay and the Venice quarterbacks. 
I mean, is this the way of the world is? I mean, obviously, uh, loyalty, they say, is a two-way streak, but it doesn't seem like there's any loyalty at all. It's about getting in position to be noticed by recruiters, get on a good program, and hopefully punch your ticket uh, to play on Saturdays. Well, Brian Batiste said that college coaches started following him on Twitter after his performance in the first half. I don't know if that would have been the case if he stayed at Sarasota. Mm-hmm. They're just looking for the best opportunities to play. And it's like I said with the Wolf Brothers, too, the, the scuttlebutt down there was that they, was, they recruit with him was one better competition. So that's why he transferred to Venice. So kind of the same thing, and we'll see how that works out for him. He looked uh, good the other night. Uh, he's got some smaller receivers he's throwing to outside of his brother, but uh, we'll see if it pays off for him. I've always thought that if you're a good player, you will get noticed no matter where you are. Now, if, you fi- if, you're, if you're thinking you need to be surrounded by better players to bring out your talent, that's another thing. But we've all seen players at smaller schools losing programs. The stud player gets noticed. No one doesn't get noticed uh, and for college football anymore. So, But that's the way of the world. When I was in high school, we had four-year starters, and my, my top player wouldn't even think about transferring to the rival school. But uh, that's the way it is nowadays. Guys, uh, first week of the season, Venice, Braden River, we're not going to see Kurt Bradley or John Peacock on the sidelines uh, serving out part of their suspensions. I mean, that whole off-season story, you talked about the time they, they meet later on in the season. Uh, what, do you, what do you see coming out of that game? And, and just, just review on what this off-season was like in terms of those two schools then. Uh, it was a long off-season. <laughs> I just hope that um, the focus is not on the coaches when those two teams play. It's on the players because there are some good players, a lot of good players on both teams, and it should be a hell of a game. Mm. And uh, probably a rematch in the playoffs – if both teams follow course. So let's, uh, let's hope the focus is on the players because that's been taken away with all this coach stuff. The players are the ones who get hurt a lot of the times. And I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it's been the last three years, it's been the marquee matchup here. We down we were saying Braden River one, Venice one, two, three, six, whatever it is, they're playing twice a year. And keep it to keep the focus on the players, like you said. And uh, that second round playoff game, which is I think is when they meet, depending on the seedings, how that works, that's always the one to watch around here. And uh, looking forward to it. You know, uh, I'll be running about this in a column in tomorrow's paper, sort of previewing the start of the football season tomorrow night. But the first week is usually the time to break out sort of the stuff you won't see the rest of the season. Uh, At Booker's game tomorrow night, if you go there, get there a little bit early, uh, Dr. Rachel Shelley, the principal, will be delivering the football via parachute. She'll be parachuting into Tornado Alley. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, And over at Palmetto, all the the students have been instructed to wear black, sort of a blackout uh, hopefully it doesn't include the stadium lights out there. Um, but the first week, uh, you know, we, we've, we've done a shout-out to the new coaches. How about just giving a shout-out to the coaches who have been here for many years? Uh, Binky Waldrop, you've dealt with him specifically 20 years, the dean of area coaches. What has Binky over the years, Dennis, meant to that program? And what does that name mean to the Charlotte, Charlotte football? Consistency. Hmm. He's, uh, he's about as consistent as there is. Never gets too high, never gets too low. Works with what he's got and um, usually develops a winner by the end of the season. Over in Palmetto, we got Dave Marino, Coach Marino, entering, I believe, his ninth season. Uh, a team that always has talent, maybe not a, a quite enough to put it over the edge, but didn't you do a story on them earlier this year yeah. where they thinking, they're thinking state title, realistically? Yeah, yeah they are. And uh, when I was out there that day at their practice, I mean, Anthony Marino, Coach Marino's son, he had the best spiral and throw I've seen out of the stops that I made. I mean, of course, I saw six teams, but I've seen a couple more since then. 
But um, they're confident out there. I mean, their offense looks like it's ready to fly. I mean, they got all sorts of good receivers out there. I'm sorry I don't have the roster in front of me mm-hmm. right now, but they have some tall targets that can catch and they can run. And if that defense plays up to stuff, I mean, they could be the sleeper in 7A11. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that district sent three, play- three teams to the playoffs last year. And if they do that again and they get in there, if they can win the first-round game, then they- they're capable of probably uh, making some noise in the postseason, I think. We talk about another team that's had a, a coach, actually a first-year coach, but a coach has been here for many, many years. Paul Meckley uh, replaces Drew Lascari on the sideline of Kyle Mooney. I was out at a practice a couple of weeks ago. A lot of people don't know that Paul Meckley in the last couple of months had knee replacement surgery. And to see him out there just uh, very quickly limping along, trying to get over that little bridge they have over at the thing and, and having to get momentum going forward to get over it, it just shows you that at his age, and you've dealt with him extensively too, Paul just, I mean, if he was my head coach and I was a football player, I'd want to lay it on the line for that guy every game. That's the kind of personality he's always had. He loves the coach. I mean, he's a football coach, and that's what he does best. And, I mean, he's surrounded himself with a lot of good coaches, a lot of familiar names, from the area, like uh, Chris Conboy, um, who's back, and um, the former coach at uh, Northport, um, he's back, and um, they're going to be okay. They're they're going to be good. I played against uh, some of Meckley's teams back in the '90s when I was at Riverview, and uh, that was back during their, the times when they were basically unbeatable. But we beat them. But the, in those times, where they were as hard nosed, it's reflection of him as a coach. I mean, it was the same. It's 25 years ago. It's the same now, and I wouldn't expect anything different out of that Mooney team. Billy Huffman's the coach that I couldn't think of. I couldn't think the of the former Northport coach. You know, it won't be a totally new transition for the Mooney players because obviously Meckley served as defensive coordinator under Drew Lascari. But I'm really interested to see how that team looks like and how that team sort of reflects the personality of their head coach, which which a lot of teams do. Uh, guys, a couple of the teams around the area that don't get a lot of mention, uh, you know, Bayshore. Uh, they got a couple of new additions, but I guess that illustrates the difference between a school where everybody wants to go to, like Braden River, and then you go to a school like Bayshore, where people either leave Bayshore or no one really wants to come there and play. Those kind of schools, it's very tough to get a winning program if you don't get those talent, that talent coming in. Well, especially at Bayshore, I don't think they've had a winning season since, what, 2005 or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, sounds like they've got some talented young players coming in. When I was doing the previous stories, which will be in tomorrow's paper, we uh, they scored 26 points in their, in their kickoff game last week. And I don't think they scored any more than 15, 16 in a game at all last year. So if they can uh, keep that up, it'll be a nice turnaround for them. And they can get it on the winning side of things. and. Be a step in the right direction for them this year, especially because they've got a freshman quarterback who's pretty talented. I like what Coach John Bizunas has done there. Oh, he's uh, you know I talked to him a couple a week ago for a story I did, and he's he's brutally honest. He says, "Hey, what we get through the door is what we get." And I asked him sort of off the record, "Has it been more frustrating than he thought?" You know, he came from Minnesota, not really knowing what he was getting into. And I think he, he realized that when you're at Bayshore, you're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place. You're caught among all these other football schools, and yet you're right in the middle, and you're, you're kind of not really looked at. So, yeah, good luck to Bruins this year. Dennis, anybody from South County? Jordan Ingman is, uh, I don't know how many years he's now at Port Charlotte, but what are the Pirates uh, going to? Believe year, it or not, right this there. is his seventh year, and um, yes, he's got, a, he's got a team that can contend in uh, 6 8 10. Um, They'll, uh, their, their lines are formidable, um, and um, don't sleep on the Pirates, No, the Port Charlotte Pirates. No, that's one of the area's best rivalries, I think, Pir- uh, Tarpons and Pirates. 
you know, locally, I wish there were more local rivals here in the city. But for that to happen, you really need to get the teams competitive year after year. And that's really been lacking, except with Riverview. I was at their kickoff classic last week against Armwood, made the state finals last year. It was not pretty. Josh Smithers has a lot of cleaning up to do, or he did this past week. But they made the regional final last year, Dennis. Do you anticipate, uh, there's no Arthur Brantley, but they still got Allie Boyce. Do you anticipate Riverview making another uh, deep run into the playoffs, you think? They should make another deep run. They, uh, their quarterback needs to get a little seasoning because um, he's got receivers to throw to, and their defensive secondary needs to uh, shore up. Uh, I guess they gave up a few long passes last week. Yeah, one thing Josh told me when I was talking to him, is like, we don't want to be playing our best ball at the beginning. We want to be playing it at the end. And obviously from last week, they, they have a long way to go for that. You did the Manatee story. Um, a little tough uh, first year there. But uh, what what have you learned uh, talking to the coaches out there? Well, he uh, well, of course, he didn't take the job until June mm-hmm. of last year. So he didn't get a full – he got eight weeks of an offseason to try to train these guys into what he wants. And – you know, he won those – Yusef won those championships up there at, uh, at Lincoln up in Tallahassee, and his sole focus is getting Manatee back to where it was. I mean, they were five state championships there. last one came in 2011. Um, he, they got a new quarterback this year from Charlotte they were working on, and uh, you know, if they buy into his program, he's a, he looked like a great coach out there the way they were going, and, of course, we'll see how that is for them this mm-hmm. year. I think that uh, they're going in the right direction up there. They seem to have a lot of numbers out there, so that always helps. You know, what we're talking about right now, you know, this may be proven correct or it may not be proven correct once the games uh, play. That's why they do play the game. So we're just talking here on paper. Uh, But tomorrow night, uh, I will be at Bayshore, Sarasota. Uh, We'll have Scott Riverview at Booker. And we'll have MAF at the Vero Beach and Venice game. And we'll have all the other games either staffed or covered in some way. Uh, Guys, we're 13, 14 minutes into this podcast. I'd say for the first one. Uh, it was pretty successful. Uh, hopefully, as we go on, we'll be able to get uh, guest coaches, people call in. I don't know if you can take questions. We'll learn that as we go along. But, guys, uh, not bad, huh? Let's give a little shout-out to uh, the two volleyball teams that I saw yesterday. Probably the two volleyball team, best of volleyball teams in the area in Venice and Cardinal Mooney. They played a hell of a match. Uh, Could have gone either mm-hmm. way. Um, the fans were outstanding on both sides. Um, the gym was hot. The girls played hard. Um, good match. Venice wins three to one. I'm, a, I'm also going to give one out too. I've got a story coming out next week on uh, Riverview girls golf freshman golfer Rachel Carlson, who just hit her fourth hole in one. At uh, she's hit four holes in one. She's 15 years old. That's amazing. That's and, and, no, seriously. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and that team, and that team out there, they had their first match this week, and in the practice rounds, all four of their starters were shooting below 40. In fact. Uh, their leader was at 33 or 34 in their first tournament. That team is going to be one to watch in the girls' golf circuit this year. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about golf, but uh, when you have somebody coming on with four holes in ones, and she's actually their number three golfer. Oh. So if you got that much talent in front of you, Riverview's team is going to be one to watch this year. Yeah, guys, that's a, that's a good point we made. I mean, football season starting and a podcast will focus on football, but there's other sports going on out there, as you two guys just mentioned, that uh, we will try to uh, to get mentioned here. We don't want to go on and on on the podcast, but definitely if you're doing something here in the area, we'll, we'll give it a shout-out. So for Dennis Maffazzoli, Scott Lockwood, I'm Doug Fernandes, and we'll see you next week when we have a name for this podcast. We'll just call it uh, the first week of the podcast. So thanks a lot.